How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, gathering back again together, working our way through the book of First Thessalonians. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter 4. Again, we're going to be using the three points of the Christian faith, the three points of Bible study, interpretation, application, demonstration. That's the what, the how, and the why of Scripture, what it says, how it's being said, and why we apply it to ourselves for our own learning to go live it, speak it, think it, do it, why this is important. And so the, the what is the narrative of the text, what it's talking about, what is going on, so you get a base idea of the narrative of the scene and uh, what's involved and then you back up go again through it slowly taking a look at the how how is it being said the details of all these things you look at uh, how it's being said how it's being presented and the how is also uh, the meaning of the words this is the application so the first is interpretation there's only one interpretation of the word of god what it says what it means but there are many applications it can be applied mentally, physically, spiritually, circumstantially. And so we get an idea of what's going on, how it's being said, the applications, so you apply the meaning of the words. What, what are uh, the words being said? Now, what do those words mean? And how can I pair what I'm reading with other aspects of the word of God? And then finally, demonstration, interpretation, application, demonstration, demonstration, go live it, speak it, think it, do it. This is applying it to your life, making it personal. So we're going to be using this. It's called the Berean method. This is the system that we use in our studies of the scriptures here at Christian Coffee Time. Plus also one more point, which is the clear interprets the unclear. This is a very important aspect of Bible study. And knowing how to rightly use the Word of God, rightly interpret the Word of God. Now, we have to understand there are no contradictions. There are no contradictions in the Word of God. There are no lost texts, no lost manuscripts. There are no lost books. Uh, it is complete. God holds it, preserves it. He secures it in, in himself. His word is above his very name. It's preserved unto all generations. Though the grass withers, the flowers fade, his word will stand forever and on and on. But in this, the clear interprets the unclear. Knowing that there are no contradictions, there's nothing missing. The word of God's complete. What it says is what it means. And God cannot lie. Uh, in him is no darkness, a shadow of turning. And he is not the author of confusion. So understanding this, well, this is abundantly clear, understanding this, God's not going to contradict himself in his word, and he's going to be very clear and obvious in what he says, as he's not the author of confusion. So, for example, as we always do, uh, we take uh, what the word of God says about salvation, it's by grace through faith by belief, and not of yourselves, not of works, not by righteous works, not by works of the law, and on and on, and not of ourselves, not by the power of man, the will of man, the blood of man, or anything, but it's all of the Lord, it's by faith, which is believing trust, grace, which is unmerited favor, and so we understand then that salvation is not by works. I mean, so people go, but what about like James then, faith that works is dead? Well, again, what does it say over here? As we understand, it's, it's very clearly, concisely, in multiple points, 
And it says that salvation is by grace through faith and not of works, our law. The clear interprets the unclear. Uh, for example, the James 2, 24 and 26. These passages over here that are abundantly clear interpret this in helping us to understand what it's not saying. So an understanding that James 2 then is not salvationary, not talking about salvation, we then can get a better idea of what it is saying. So we use the clear passages to understand the unclear passages. Hope that's clear. Clear as mud. Okay, so please grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Again, we're going to be walking through this and seeing uh, what the Lord has for us today. Again, folks, we are broadcasting today, Thursday, because I'm not going to be here tomorrow. We're leaving very early in the morning, heading out to the city, and uh, it's going to be a big day, and I'm taking a ton of tracks with me and hoping to be able to hand out as many as I possibly can. be awesome if I, if I could hand them all out. So please be praying about that, that uh, the Lord had opened doors for there and that the enemy would be stayed off and that uh, it'd be a great day, a great, uh, great blessing. And yeah, so, but uh, here we are, we're at the table. So please grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your snacks, whatever it is you're having. Come join us at the table. It's time to study the word of God. All right, folks, if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you could just hold that to the end of the study or to our next broadcast as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing. And, yeah. All right, so First Thessalonians chapter 4. All right, so we see in the wrap-up of chapter 3, I see in verse 13, that all these things that Paul is saying here, he has a point and a purpose with this. As he says here in chap uh, chapter 3, verse 13, to the end, the purpose, the meaning of this, to the end goal, the end point, the purpose, the meaning, verse 13, to the end that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness. Now we talked about that in, in great depth that but be being unblameable now this is similar language as well as it talks about the pastors and uh the deacons of stuff, the the those in the positions of leadership of the church that uh, the pastor is the leader of the church or deacons assist the pastor but it talks about that the pastor the bishop must be blameless must be blameless and the deacons about being blameless and, and all of this uh, b blamelessness is a very very important aspect of this because as we are representatives of christ as we understand how jesus christ is blameless unblameable he is holy in all things and as the scriptures say be ye holy as he is holy be perfect as he is perfect so we see being blameless then as he is blameless so that goes to show the level of personal involvement of trying to emulate christ to the uttermost well understandably we can't be sinless we can't be perfect i can't be holy always i'm all i'm gonna make mistakes i'm gonna sin i'm gonna fall apart I, i'm I, I can't be 
perfectly, flawlessly unblameable. And there are some absolute delusional individuals that say, oh yeah, well, I, I, I haven't sinned for 20 years. I've actually heard that one. I've actually heard that. Someone saying that they haven't sinned for many, many, many years. And I was accounting this uh, uh, to someone, and they, they, and uh, they said, "Well, it's easy to be sinless when you redefine what sin is. <laughs> it's easy to be holy, easy to be sinless, easy to be perfect when you keep redefining sin." So, but yeah, as the Bible says, if any man say he has not sinned, he's a liar. So then there's that. But okay. The point, though, is that we pursue holiness. We pursue the perfection of Christ. We pursue, we press forward to the mark, to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, un understanding that Christianity is not about religion. It's, it's, that's not the focus. But we need to understand that religion is in these things. As religion is the physical carryings out of one's belief of faith. Now, this is also what drives me nuts when people go on to say, well, well, that's what, it's a, it's, it's a faith, it's a relationship, not a religion. I, I, I'm not religious. I don't follow religion. Well, you clearly don't understand what religion is. I'm religious. I'm very religious. What is religion? Religion is the physical carryings out of one's belief of faith. So what is it to be very religious then in biblical Christianity? Will that be to be a disciple, to be an evangelist, to be a servant of the Lord, to witness and evangelize and help in charity and all these things to carry out? As the Bible says, work out your own salvation, to carry it out, to do the deeds, to do the due diligence, to do those things needed. We all should be very religious and born-again Christianity and not talking about legalism and all of that kind of stuff I'm talking about what the Word of God calls for the Saints to do as James says pure religion undefiled now there's the key undefiled now what is defiled religion when well, you look at orthodoxy and Catholicism and all those kinds of things and the hyper legalistic denominational cults and all that kind of thing but you see, what uh, born-again Christianity, what it calls for us to do, pure religion undefiled is this, before the Father is this. So we see, being unblameable as we die to self, we forsake all, follow Him, and it's not about us, it's all about Him. We cast off our own desires and lusts, and we live unto the Lord. So, uh, so the pursuit of blamelessness in Christ, not according to my standard of what I feel, what I think, but what the Word of God flat out says. So we need to understand then what biblical, born-again Christianity, born-again Christian religion is. Christ is as the focus, as the center of all things, not myself. It's not about me in any way, shape, or form. It's all about Him. It's not about me being perfect. It's about Christ who is perfect. And it's his perfection that holds me. And I serve him out of love, not, not out of mandatory requirement. Does that make sense? Hope that makes sense. 
Okay, so we see to establish your hearts, to establish your hearts unblameable in holiness. Now he says hearts, not hands, hearts, not head. Because our mind, our thoughts will always betray us. And we, our minds will never cease with the doubts, the fears, the questions, and, and all of these things. You'll never be able to silence that. But your heart is steadfast and sure and rooted. Even though your brain will be going off all of the what-ifs, 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 playing the, the, uh, the, the doubting games and all of that. But your heart is established and unwavering. Our hearts are established in holiness. Our spirits are saved, our flesh is not. Our flesh is condemned to die and our flesh is corrupted by sin, but our soul spirit is saved. We have to understand the dichotomy of this. Well, where our hearts are unblameable in holiness, that inside we know, we know what the Lord calls for us to do. We know what the Lord needs of us. We know what we must do. We know what the word of God says. So we listen to the heart of faith. According to the word of God, the spirit of God teaches us through the scriptures. We'll listen to the heart of faith and we ignore the thoughts of the mind. So how can I remain then in unblameable holiness before the Lord? By listening to what the word of God says, according to the spirit of God in our hearts and not our minds. It's not based upon what I've done. It's not based upon what I'm thinking. It's based upon what I believe. Based upon what I believe. Okay. So to be established, to establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Chapter 4, verse 1. Furthermore, and in addition, that we beseech you, we beg of you, brethren, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you, to teach, to instruct, exhort you, to encourage, exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Let's break this down. How ye ought to walk. How ye ought to walk. Now, we talked about this before, about uh, being worthy of the calling. The calling of God, being worthy uh, of God, worthy of the faith, worthy of the calling of God and all this. And now, how can we be worthy? Understanding how we fall apart again and again. Well, under, well, in this, we see that we can't be worthy. I am unworthy to the highest degree. Nobody is worthy in and of themselves. But he made us worthy. Even though we're sinners, even though I betray him again and again, the, it's the worthiness of Jesus Christ that is imputed upon us. His, his hand holds us, his worthy hand, his worthy nail-scarred hand wraps around us and holds us. And it's his worthiness, not ours. His goodness, his virtue, his righteousness, not ours. So... How should we ought to walk in this then? Walking in the worthiness of Christ. Well, that's the pursuit of Christ's likeness. The pursuit of the mastery of Christ's likeness. Well, I'll never be able to master it, but it's the pursuit of it. 
this to strive for that in everything that you do this is what it comes down to of the desire to want to that i want to be i want to be holy i want to be worthy i want to be a servant of the lord in everything that i do i want to bring him into everything i do not want to exclude him from anything so when we focus on him in that way we focus on the lord in that way and we want to bring him into everything that we do what naturally happens as a byproduct of this we start walking worthy we start walking as we ought to walk how we ought to walk is hand in hand with christ it's not about the, how we ought to walk is now focusing on ourselves and going through the motions and doing the things and being religious and being doing doing all this no 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 it's not about me it's not looking at my feet the moment you start looking at your feet to try to walk worthy you automatically stumble and fall but if you look at the nail scarred feet of jesus christ and watch his feet it's just like this you're out for a walk with, uh, with someone you're walking with them you're right beside them you look over and you look at their feet and you watch their feet while you guys are walking what automatically starts to happen you naturally instinctually fall in step you automatically fall in step with them and you start walking in unison but if you're watching your feet you're not going to be walking in step in unison with christ so if we want to walk worthy walk as we ought to walk you can't look at yourself you can't look at your own feet you can't watch your own feet you got to watch his and thus this utterly completely destroys the idea of the legalistic self-righteous workspace systems because that which is worthy is not of ourselves but of the lord and it's not about our worthiness it's about his so in walking in worthiness and the perfection and holiness we're walking in the step of christ as he is with us he's walking with us we want to look at him we want to go where he goes walk as he walks talk as he talks work as he works we must watch him and stop looking at ourselves because every time we look at ourselves we see our unworthiness I can't do it I can't walk perfectly I can't do it I mess it up all the time I'm always messing up I'm always sinning I'm always falling on my face I'm always making a mess of everything when I try of my own strength when I try of my own self my own strength of my own idea of holiness I'm a mess but the moment I let go, stop looking at myself, and I look at him, it doesn't matter if it's a mountain or the valley of a shadow of death. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, if it's walking on the water or anything else, that the Lord is able and he perfects the walk. He perfects the walk. Like Peter on the water or walking through the mountains and the valleys or, or walking through the wilderness, it doesn't matter. Walking through the Red Sea, doesn't matter. The Lord makes the way. I must look at him. I must focus on him. 
So the challenge then, the challenge then of the pursuit of holiness is the challenge is to trust the Lord. The challenge is to look at the Lord. The challenge is to believe that the Lord will fix all the issues. The challenge is not of us to fix the problem. It's not our challenge. It's the challenge of God to hold us, to perfect us, to guide us in all things. It's his work, his challenge. We, we are the clay, he's the potter, and the clay can't mold itself. The clay can't mold itself. The, the lump of clay cannot craft and fashion a beautiful art piece itself. The clay can't do anything. The, the dust scraped together on the ground, can't. The, the dust of the ground cannot scrape itself together and form men. And the dirt form of men cannot breathe into itself the breath of life. We have no power. We're talking stones. We have nothing of ourselves. That We cannot fashion ourselves into an art piece. But he can. He's the potter. He's the, he's the master craftsman. He is God. He is the author of life. He is all things. We are nothing. It, the, the, the sooner we understand this, the sooner we can begin to understand this, the sooner that we can understand what it is to be holy, what it is to be worthy, that I am worthy, I am holy because he is holy. I am perfect because he is perfect. You are blameless and holy and perfect because he is blameless, holy and perfect. We already are. It's not something that we have to become. It's not something that we have to strive to become. We already are sanctified. We already are consecrated. We already are saved. We already are all things that need to be. Now, it's just in this life while we are here before others, we strive to be blameless for their benefit. We strive for that mastery of Christ's likeness for their benefit so that, so that we could have opportunity to show them the perfection of Jesus Christ so they could be saved. And it's not us that is drawing them, but it's Christ through us. It's not our works that are grabbing their attention, but his works through us. So you see, we cease to exist. He lives through us. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives through me. We exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. What is it then that, that the apostles taught them? This. What it is to be Christ-like. How to be saved and now how to walk in salvation. How to walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You have received of us how you ought to walk. Now with this, I just want to hold your finger here and go back to Galatians just for a moment. Galatians 1. Now this same thing that was handed to them, 
And it says how you received of us, how you ought to walk. What you received of us. What you received of us. <coughs> Excuse me. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. If someone or anything, even an angel, comes and preaches a different gospel other than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As he said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now, as we see, one gospel, one Lord, one salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't just end at getting saved. The gospel is the change of life, the change of a person, the change of the soul. It being saved from the condemnation of sin, but now walking in the continuation of that which has perfected us in Christ. Carrying out the gospel. Now, working out your salvation. Now, you are born again saved, and it's not by works. But now that you are saved, take this which has been given to you freely, and now go carry it out unto others. How can we do that? If we're living unto ourselves. How can we do that if we're making it all about ourselves? We get so focused on, well, making sure I don't do this, making sure I don't do that, making sure I don't do this. But in, in focusing like this and looking at ourselves like this, we're not carrying out the Great Commission and we're not pursuing that which we are called to do. We're called to be witnesses. We're called. They're called to be the town criers. We're called to be the 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 priests of God that carry out the holiness of God into this world. We're to carry the cross, not carry our own weight, but to carry the weight of Jesus Christ. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Not my my burden. My yoke. His burden. His yoke. So in walking in unison in the spirit of truth the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, we see that we have a calling to do. And we got to remember this. We have a job to do. We all have a job to do. How you ought to walk and to please God. So what pleases the Lord? Well, the Lord delights in the joy of his saints. What pleases him? When we honor him. Now, how can we honor him? See, there's the thing. Even in a glass of water. Something as mundane as a glass of water. How can I please the Lord with that? How do I get to please him? Now, it's not that I have to please him. I want to. I want to please him. I want to walk with him. I want to see the Lord smile when he looks at me. I don't want to grieve him. Now, understandably, it will happen as we are chained to this flesh and we cannot escape this. We're chained to this flesh and it's going to happen, but that's no excuse. But if it does happen, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
But then we, we just get over that. Move on. Press forward. Stop wallowing in the fear and the misery and, and, the, and the self-degradation and wallowing in, in, the, in the, the self-pity that, that, uh, of my unworthiness. Well, of course, we're all unworthy. We're all horrible messes. Get over it. Watch him fix it. Does the lump of clay bemoan that it's a lump of clay? Or does it look forward to what the Lord is going to turn you into? You look forward. You look forward. You press forward to the mark, to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You get over it. Stop obsessing over, over the, the moment of inability and look to how can I please him? How can I praise him? How can I present him to others? Now keep focusing on that. Keep focusing on that. You see, there are many religions, denominations, and, and cults and isms that, that turn everything around to self, and you just focus on self so much you can't see the finished work. You can't see what's coming down the road, the hope, the hope of Christ. We're supposed to look towards the hope of Christ, not look at ourselves. Look to the perfection of Jesus Christ, not ourselves. When you're walking, you can't walk straight if you're constantly looking at your feet, making sure you put your feet in the right spot. You're going to be getting off the mark constantly. You got to stop looking at your own feet. You got to look ahead. But if you say, many say, well, if I keep looking ahead, I can't see where I'm putting my, my feet. That's right. Because our steps are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way that God will actually grab a hold of your feet and walk you properly. He guides the feet. He guides the steps. My, my steps are ordered by the Lord. And then I delight in his way. His lamp, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We don't have to worry about this. We don't have to worry about our steps. If we're focused on Christ, not focus on ourselves, we focus on Christ. He guides the steps. He guides the hands. He guides the words. He guides the eyes. He guides the mind. And I don't have to worry. Walking worthy, how we ought to walk, is Christ is our all focus and we cease to exist. All things have already been dealt with. All things have already been perfected. All things are held by him. And I need to let go. I need to let go. I need to stop obsessing over my life, making sure I'm doing everything right. Well, because you can't. You can't. That's the point, because it's the boast of Christ. It's his boast about how he holds us because we can't hold ourselves. Again, it comes back to this. You see that? This is what is so important for the saints to understand. That we have received how we ought to walk. We've been told how we ought to walk. We've been told these things. How we ought to walk and to please God. To please the Lord. So you would abound more and more. Look at this. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren. We beg of you and exhort you. By the Lord Jesus, that as you have received us, how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. To, to focus on this more and more. Think about this more and more. Talk about this more and more. Work towards this more and more. Work towards letting go. 
Work towards walking in him. Work towards dying to self that much more, more and more, so that the Lord can show himself through you more and more. The focus for the Christian life is learning in everything that we do, everything we say and think, in everything of every moment, learning how to cease to exist of ourselves more and more so that Christ might live through us. So there be more of the manifestation of the Lord in our lives, in everything that we do. Does that make sense? This is our calling. This is what it means to be a Christian. Because when we're walking in this mindset, when we're walking in this mindset, with this focus, with this challenge ever before us, with this focus of this striving ever before us, how much more effective Will the gospel of Jesus Christ be by our preaching, by our witnessing then? When we're, when we're living in this manner, when we witness of Christ, people will truly see a change. They will see the power. They will see the power of Jesus Christ in our lives when we live like this. There's so much more to this, so much more for us by this learning to let go learning to die to self forsaking all following him it's so much more meaningful when it's no longer about us when it's not about my perfection but rather the perfection of jesus christ through us because we can't be perfect but he is perfect when i am weak then I am strong. So it's all about us ceasing to exist in the picture. It's not about my notoriety. It's not about my fame and fortune and power. It's not about my name. It's not about me having to draw the crowd and me entertaining the people or anything. It's not about me in any way, shape, or form. I'm not the preacher. He is. I'm just a voice box. I'm just a candle in the wind. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness, but the words are his. I'm just the microphone held in the hand of the Father. That's all I am. I'm just the pen in the ready hand of the Lord. I'm just an instrument that he uses, but I empty myself so that he might fill me up. He's the ink in the pen. He's the power that, that, that powers the microphone. He is the strength of the feet that carries carries me as our feet are shot of the preparation of the gospel of peace. But he is the gospel. He is the shoes. He is the power of the feet. He's the, he's the strength of the ankles, of the knees. When I understand that I have no part in this other than to go. Now go, I'll speak through you. Go, I'll work through you. Go, I'll show you where to go. Go, I will guide your feet. If, if As Jesus spoke to the man with the withered hand, 
man came at the withered hand and Jesus said, stretch out your hand. He was going to heal his hand. But what did he ask the man to do? But his hand is withered. He couldn't stretch it out. He was incapable of stretching it because it was completely withered up, completely useless. He couldn't. But there's the determination. That he determined in himself. That when the desire manifests, the desire to do that which you are called to do. When it was said to the to the lame man, stand up on your feet, but his legs were completely withered. He couldn't stand. But when he heard the word of truth, and he was filled with the hope, and he saw that there was life in this, he believed what was said, and the man of the withered hand went to stretch out his hand, and the Lord healed his hand and gave him the ability to stretch it out. It wasn't the man that stretched out his hand, it was the Lord, by the power of the Lord. The man, the, the lame man who couldn't walk and his legs are withered up, the, 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 he saw, he heard, he believed, and he went to stand, and the Lord caused him to be able to stand because he wanted to stand. The man wanted to stretch out his hand. The leper is healed because he wanted to be healed. And he went to the Lord, he believed the Lord, he believed the word of the Lord, and the Lord rewarded him, the Lord healed him. Do you want to be holy? Do you want to be blameless? Do you want to be perfect in Christ? It's just step in faith. You take that step and you want to bring the Lord into all these things. And the Lord will reward this. He will bless this. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who honor me, I will honor. I will show my holiness, my perfection, my beauty. I'll show you my worthiness through you. It's not your worthiness, your perfection, your holiness, your ability. It's not, you're not sinless. I am, Jesus says. And it's my perfection that is manifested through your life. As you go and you desire to bring me unto other people, they will see me through you. And it's my work, my word, my ability, my conviction, my perfection that is manifested through you. Not yours, it's me. We must learn to stop taking it away from christ we need to stop robbing christ of his perfection by looking at our own perfection does that make sense the more and the more that we go through the word of god like this the more and the more we see how we need to just get out of the way we need to get out of the way we need to get over ourselves and get out of the way it's it's all uh, and this is becoming one of my favorite quotes now it's all the boast of christ it's not my boast it's all the boast of christ it's all of him and the the less and the less and the less i see myself the more and the more and the more i see of him 
It's not about me. It's all about him to the uttermost. It's not about my walking holy. It's about his walking holy in my life. Well, how do I do that? By getting out of the way. Stop looking at yourself. Start looking at him more. Stop focusing on yourself. Start focusing on him more. The more I stare at him, you ever notice that when, it, when you're looking at a landscape or you're watching television or you're watching this video or whatever it is, you're playing a game or whatever it is, you're really focusing in on something that kind of absent-mindedly with the more you look at it the more you focus on it it's almost like everything disappears in your in your vision and and all you see is this and it's not until you snap back and you start looking around you notice everything else again that you completely ignore what's going on around you to so much that it's like it's almost like it disappears you know what i mean but it's like that the more and the more and the more we get taken with Christ, focus on Christ in everything that we do, the less and the less and the less and the less you see of everything else. And we get tunnel vision. We get tunnel vision on Jesus Christ. That's what we need to pursue. That, that is the pursuit of the mastery of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is what we pursue. That is what we master. This is how the Lord can be shown through our lives, is we must strive for that tunnel vision on Jesus Christ. And when we do that, naturally, instinctually, out of you will flow the springs of living water and everything that you do. All of your works will be done in his name, by his name, through his name, to his name, in everything. Your, your words, your works, your thoughts, all this get changed. And there's now a power, there's a joy, there's a praise, there's a focus, there's a meaning, there's a sufficiency like you've never seen before. There's a freedom and a liberty because fear, doubt, all of that is gone. Because you realize it's not about you anyways. You don't have to worry about a thing. There's such liberty in just letting go. Let go of the steering wheel. And the wind of God will direct you where you need to go. Stop trying to control. Stop trying to be the authority. Stop trying to call the shots. Stop scheming. Stop planning. Stop working it out. Stop trying to control everything. Let go. How you ought to walk is to walk freely. But I will, but I gotta figure it out. I gotta figure out where to go. No, you don't. Stop trying to call the shots. The more we obsess about trying to control everything, the less and less we're going to understand what it means to be a born-again Christian. <laughs> exactly, Sonny. Exactly. Just like the old hymn, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. Exactly. How ye ought to walk. That when we walk in this manner, 
We walk in the joy of the Lord. We walk in the praise and the boast of Christ. This pleases God. This is how we please him. Well, you please the Lord, but you don't do this and you do this and you don't do this and you do this. You keep this and don't keep that. Get rid of this and do that. No, it doesn't please the Lord because now it's all about you. You doing, you keeping, you refusing, you abstaining. It's all about you. It's your boast. Look how I keep myself. That doesn't please God. It pleases the flesh. And that is religion defiled. Religion undefiled before God is it's his works, not ours. You want to please the Lord? Let go. You want to please the Lord? Stop planning. Stop scheming. Stop trying. Because you can't anyways. You can't do it right anyways. We are all failures at this when we put our hands our effort to the wheel we fail we fall apart we turn down the wrong road we go the wrong way we get steered off off the mark but when we let go and trust the lord that he will control he guides the feet he guides the mind he guides the eyes he guides the hands he strengthens all he gives you the words with which to say he causes uh, you to remember all that's needed i will teach you what to say in the very same hour i'll teach you how to pray he controls everything i am just a willing participant willing to be used by god in all things to his honor his glory his sovereignty it's all about him it's his boast I need to get out of the way. I need to die to self. This pleases the Lord. What pleases the Lord is when he gets to work. When he gets to talk. When he gets to walk. When he gets to control. When we get out of the, 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 the potter's room and let the potter work on the clay we stop telling him how to mold the clay this is how we ought to walk so how should we walk don't i'll walk you the servant does what the master says the servant doesn't figure it out themselves the servant doesn't call the shots how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. More and more in this. More and more. To strive more and more that every day just a bit more. Every day a bit more. Every day a bit more of this. Focusing on this. A bit more. Dying to self a bit more every day. This is a, a work that lasts a lifetime. Because it's not until we actually get there, we get to go to be with the Lord, that's when we are made perfect. But it's striving for that in this life. I want to emulate that. I want to seek that in everything that I do it, so that I bring him honor and glory and praise. 
when I walk like this, think like this, talk like this, work like this, it draws all eyes to me. In 1 Peter 3.15, this is what is drawing them to you. Let's, let's actually take a look at 1 Peter 3.15 just for a quick moment. 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks, asks you a reason of the hope that is in you, the meekness and fear. What is making them come to you to ask you about the reason of the hope? What are they asking? Why are you this way? Why, why are you talking this way? Why are you working this way? Why are you living this way? Why do you sound like this? Why are you so different? Well, what's drawing them? Not me. Not my works. Yes. But the Lord is drawing them because you are a willing participant. You are willing yourself to be used by him to draw, to speak for him. So the Lord draws them. Now you can give witness to them. That's what James, the whole book of James is all about. Verse 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Because you're blameless. All accusations fall apart because what it is that they are accusing is Christ. Not you. They're accusing Christ, not you. Again, they're persecuting Christ. Again, they're opposing the Lord, not you. When they spit at you, curse you, throw things, or arrest you, whatever else, mistreat, or whatever, they're doing that to him. They will hate you because of me. In this world, you shall suffer tribulation for my name's sake. For it is better, if the will of God be, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Because we are blameless. We're pursuing the blamelessness of Christ. The blamelessness of Christ. For this, First uh, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. Sorry, verse 2. For, for you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Now understanding, as Paul says, this is not our commandments. Because as he said, how you received of us how you ought to walk. But understand, it's not our commandments. This is the commandment of Jesus Christ. Jesus taught us this, and we're handing you what he taught us. So it's not our authority. It's not our words. It's not, it's not our law. It's not our rule. It's the rule of Jesus Christ. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. For this is the will of God. This is what the Lord wants. This is what the Lord desires that you be that you would pursue the blamelessness of Jesus Christ, not your blamelessness, because you can't be blameless. Not your perfection, because you can't be perfect. But his. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. I think I'm going to end on that one. It's a shorter one today. I think this is this is sufficient. This is this is good enough. The blamelessness of Jesus Christ. 
if we want to see change, we want to see revival, we want to see the power of God in this world, then we have to get out of the way and we need to stop muddying the waters. The reason why so many people are incapable of seeing the power of God in their lives is because of the dust clouds that they have created themselves in their own effort. And they're striving and they're trying. They're they're throwing dust in the air and they're stirring up the dust and this blinds them and they can't see clearly. But when you stop and you stand, you be still and know that he is God, the dust settles and you see the power of God. The more we try, by our own effort, our own strength, we blind ourselves. We deceive our own selves. We delude ourselves into thinking upon our own righteousness, our own merit. But when we stop, and we stand still. We can see the power of the mighty God, our Lord Jesus Christ. We see his cloud, his pillar of fire guiding us through the wilderness. We see him parting the sea. We see him bringing water from the rock. We see him bring the manna from the sky. We see him raising the dead, healing the sick. We see him feeding the thousands. We see him saving the souls. We see him. We see Lord Jesus. We watch his feet. We focus on his feet. And we will start to walk in step with Christ. It's about him. Not about us. Hope that's an encouragement. Hope that's a blessing to you folks. Uh, if you appreciate these studies, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. we got tons and tons of other goodies and content. And I hope, uh, again, that this is an encouragement and a blessing to you. I hope this gives you something to think about. So if you appreciate this, please give this a like, uh, give us a thumbs up and subscribe, hit notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos and share this around. Share this around, if you would, with others to encourage them, to help them to see and understand that we need to get over ourselves. We need to stop looking at our own selves. We need to start focusing on him that much more. And this is what it means. This is what it means to focus on him, to, to, to work the Lord's works. This is what it means to walk worthy. So... I just want to focus on this today. I don't want to override this too much. So we'll come back. We'll finish this another time. And uh, with that, I'll wrap that up there. Any thoughts, any comments, questions, anything before before we wrap this up? Anything at all? Please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. And good morning, good morning. Again, folks, just FYI. Um... Again, we're broadcasting today, Thursday, because tomorrow I will not be here. I, uh, again, we're leaving early in the morning, heading out to the city. So if you please be praying for us for travel safety and all that, and that the day be a great, it's going to be a long day. I uh, pray that uh, I will have many opportunity to hand out the tracks. I'm going to be taking a whole bunch. I really, really would love to be able to get them all out. To hand out all the tracks, that'd be awesome. And... Maybe opportunity to witness to someone. 
And there are some folks I am looking forward to seeing. And uh, as an individual, I would love to be able to talk to. And uh, and they're not saved. So would you please pray that uh, they even would be. They're atheist. Well, kind of atheist agnostic. Uh, pray that uh, the Lord would convict them. And uh, I would love to be able to talk to them. So pray for opportunity for tomorrow and for our safety. And until until next time. God bless you. God bless you, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. And God bless all those who pursue the righteousness of Christ and not their own. So, I, again, folks, hope that this is a help and a comfort and encouragement to you. Listen to this again. Share it around. Get the word out there. And God bless you, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.